Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. My name is Michael Sandoval. Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers. And I'm Chris Detzel. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm pretty good. How about you? Well, you know, it's Christmas time and yeah. everybody seems to be in a good mood. Uh, where I work, uh, we had, because of COVID, we did an unprecedented thing, uh, kind of a, a approved by the board to give everyone, I hate to say the word bonus, but, it, you know, a, a, geez, thanks for working, being an essential worker through the COVID crisis. So everybody's wow. in a very happy mood. So it's very nice. Um, but it's good. How about yourself, sir? I'm good. Um, really good. Life is treating me well. The perfect community has been doing well. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's at the end of the year and, um, and I'm excited, you know, well, oddly enough, cause you said Imperva. Yep. I know. Um, would you like to share some of your news that you uh, have? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to I bury am, the lead as they say. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm leaving Imperva and going to a company called uh, Reltio. My last day at Imperva will be December 18th. So I'm certainly excited. Uh, I was very happy with what we built at Imperva, um, but an opportunity arose to where uh, Reltio and uh, their um, team wanted me to come and build their uh, community from scratch. Hmm. What, um, well, first of all, congratulations. Well, thank you. I appreciate I think, uh, it. You know, it's kind of fun, uh, you know, uh, as I, as I mentioned before, I just really enjoy chit-chatting and talking about all things community and really driving that customer experience higher. And, you know, it's always, for me personally, the fun part of a community is the beginning. That, <laughs> that yeah, it's fun. It, it's, you know, just getting it started, getting people excited about it, building it. And, and it's no offense to those who really enjoy nurturing a community over time. You know, it requires a bit some different skills and the like. Uh, but evangelizing, getting it up and going is really the fun part. So uh, I'm sure there are many out there who uh, envy that task that you have. And I'm sure you'll do great, as you always do. So congratulations. I appreciate it. And that, thank you. That's always it, – it's actually what I'm, I feel like I'm really good at is, you know, uh, my wife's always told me, look, if, if it wasn't challenging and if it wasn't something that you had to go kind of build, you know um, – <laughs> then you'd be really bored. <laughs> you know? And so um, I have not had the opportunity to just go into uh, a company and just, you know, nurture a community and, and just build upon what's already there. I've always, and as you know, like even at Rexel, you guys were there already, but still there was a lot of building to do uh, from ground up, you know, all the way into Impervo to where I started everything from ground up. You know, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe maybe after some time at, uh, and you'll have to help me. Was it Rialto? Reltio. I want to say Rialto. Reltio, R E L T O. Reltio. Okay, Reltio. Yeah. Okay. Say it three times. Say it three times. Say it three times. Um, the, and I'm sure what'll be very interesting is how how one characterizes each of those experiences because, I think we've mentioned this before. One, even though. I, I would say this even to my current position now, knowing what to do, I can do that on a whiteboard in a day. Yeah, doing it and then getting everybody on board is yeah. 
takes the career, right? That is what, that's the hard part. And, and I, and I think I mentioned you one time, I said, you know, you need, you need someone with some, some, some very deep skills uh, around evangelization and getting people activated because I could teach you how to do the whiteboard. I can't get, I can't teach the whole understanding and the grit and the enthusiasm to do it right, and it's one of your talents. I've had mentioned that to you before, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think so. And, and because you told me that, what's funny about that? I remember having those conversations at Rexel. You were like, you know, Chris, your talent really is this. You know, you get excited about it, you get people pumped, and then you actually get people to do a bunch of stuff. You know, and I took that to heart. And when I, um, and, and I did a lot of that at Rexel. But I even kind of leveled up two times or three times when I went to Imperva. I said, mm -hmm. you know what? I am the expert. I'm the fucking guy that's going to make this shit happen. You know, and, and exactly. if they come to me, I know my stuff. You know, I didn't know everything, but, you know, sometimes you act as if and then you kind of go <laughs> find the answers later. <laughs> you know, but, but you I learn will a lot. Be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. Hey, Michael, what would you do in this situation? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Good thing I'm having a podcast this week, and I'll tell you later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll come to you. Hey, I, I got a a thing that we should talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, gotta, let's let's talk so, about that for a moment. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, no, I, I think that I I really did take that to heart, and I thought, you know, somebody else told me one time, you know, sometimes when you go through an interview process, I remember, you know, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, and and somebody told me one time, or I was listening to a podcast, and he goes, you know what? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like my favorite one is, I just care too much. <laughs> I care too much is my weakness. Um, but Sorry, you No, they ask you those kind of questions, and then no, uh, I'm kind of uh, listening to somebody, and they go, you know what? The worst interview question is, you know, what's your strengths and weaknesses? It is. And they go, you know. When you look at weaknesses, I would say something like, you know, I don't really focus focus too much on my weaknesses. I actually focus on the strengths, and I would hope my manager understands what my strengths are, and that's why they hired me. You know, and and so <laughs> I took that to heart, right? And and I was like, I have a lot of weaknesses, you know, but I don't really focus on those things. I'm not saying you don't get better at certain things from a weakness standpoint. You know, if if I'm not really good at politics, well, you better fucking get somewhat good at politics. Or at least to where you can manage the politics, really because that's just going to happen in business. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I'm not that good at politics and business. Well, you know, you have to be maybe not good, but you have to at least just kind of go with the flow and understand where they're coming from and, and have some kind of, you know, because Develop they have priorities. Business people have, you know, the, parts of the business have their own priorities. And their priorities are not yours. And so you know, a lot of kindness from no, my end has to no. happen, you know, to get them to do some yeah. shit. You know, I mean, that's just the way it yeah, is. Yeah, we try to align our own to the, the everything. But yeah, no, it's a, that is true. Yeah. Uh, very true. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I think that, uh, you know, the way this position came about was, you know, the right way. And, and it's kind of the first for me, but I'm certainly excited. Well, tell us a little bit. So, I, I, you know, it's funny when you said uh, Rexel because I, I think this route was going to go a little bit, which is each of these experiences, even though, as mentioned, we can put on the whiteboard what has to happen, stage one, stage two, stage three framework. But like, you know, um, like, like, was it called like a, like a snowflake 
everyone is different, right? That's and right. you know, Rexel's challenge was core disbelief, right? So in that case, it was about changing someone's belief, uh, which doesn't happen overnight. So that's a big kind of thing, right? So the only way you can do it is prove it with data and uh, give it time. I think in the second, you know, with um, uh, with Imperva, you actually had senior managers at, when you first started who yeah. knew that this was part of the support vector that needed to happen to expand their market. Yeah. And that kind of gave you some coattails to kind of get get going. That's true. And that got you up and going. Uh, I know that there was some changes. And in those changes of new people, it's amazing how quickly the DNA of the company also changes, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're kind of entering in, in my, again, you have, this is where I wanted to kind of have, have you expand a bit, yeah. is now you're entering an organization where I, th- I think there are some similarities to uh, Imperva and the you have senior managers who are looking to drive it, but you are, I think, in a more mature industry where community is kind of a, it's it's not just a nice to have, it's kind of the way you survive is through this element. Uh, well, I don't about? know that. I don't know that for sure, actually. So if you go to the competitors, uh, let's back up. Um, when you look at Imperva, for example, the competitors of Imperva, like mm. um, F5 and, F5 like. and others, mm. they've had communities, online communities for 10 years plus, seven years mm. plus, whatever, right? So their communities have been around for a long time. Imperva is a 20-year-old company that never had a community. Um, and you know they, they were an on-prem, which you can imagine on-prem, you don't really need online community because you know, once it's in your you know, uh, environment, you know, that stuff's hard to pull out, right? So, but then they bought some SaaS companies and, and really started thinking about not just the, the support model, but renewals and self-help and those mm. kinds of things, right? And so uh, the, the, the leadership uh, ran at that time by Chris Hyland. Um, he was the CEO and some of his other leaders uh, at that time was Jen Levette and uh, a couple other people. Uh, knew that community could, it's, it's a digital uh, channel for them, right? And they knew that right. going more, spending more in digital transformation and digital in general was important. So community was a part of that shift. So it wasn't the whole shift. So they understood that from the beginning. Now you're right. Uh, a year later, Chris left the company and then so did all his other reports. And then, you know, they hired somebody else in January of this year. Um, and she brought in all of her reports. And so the things I had to do was different because That's luckily I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's normal, yeah. but, but the things luckily I already had kind of the bottoms up, like people that were excited about community and everything else that entire year before. Um, but I didn't have the top down. Does that make sense? So yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. Agreed. That yeah. was actually, that it was interesting because I had to really start pushing in that way. And that's a whole conversation probably on its own. Now you mentioned that um, you know now I have kind of the same, somewhat similar when I go to Reltio. Well, interesting yeah. enough, you know Chris Hyland, he is the CEO of Reltio, and he's actually um, you know uh, recruited me to the organization. You know, and so uh, I will be reporting directly into his uh, senior leader that runs customer success, which which all these things are under. Uh, this guy, his name is Ahmed, 
and all these things that are under him are support and customer success management and training and some other things, right? So all these things poured into him and now including community. He seemed very excited because they, they were thinking about starting the community, you know, last year, but just didn't get it off the ground. Um, look, it's an eight-year-old company, so they're not that old. So, you know, actually, when you think about it, you don't just start a community in the first year or two anyways. You've got to build the product. So they've done that. And they no, believe that yeah. Community is a big, could be a big part of that. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think I do have uh, senior leadership on board and mainly, you know, when a CEO is interested in building that community and recruit you, I, I think that, you know, there's some buy in there. Does it make sense? Um, no, it totally so, makes sense. So yeah, no, I, I, what I'm looking, what do you, well, let me just flip it around as a question and say, what do you think your, uh, clearly you haven't even had first day yet, but no. I'm sure in your uh, interviews, you had to do some research. Do you know what you think are the first challenges that you will, that you see are going to be different from where you are today? Um, well, I, I think the challenge is any company like this is, you know, I'm not an expert in the products um, and those kinds of things, right? So it's one, establishing that, what am I an expert in, right? And, and then I think that uh, the challenges are always trying to just understand where people lie in the organization and, and, and really, I won't understand exactly how the products work and everything else for about eight or 12 months. Does that make sense? Because I'm trying to build this community, but I'm also trying to figure out what, what kind of things are we trying to accomplish with community? Um, and so I've got to talk to a lot of people and I've got to figure out one. Yeah. I think support is always the easier answer um, just because customers have questions about your products. Um, but there's also kind of a, an ideation piece to that. Does product management want to, you know, uh, use community as ideation? There's also a, you know, beta testing type stuff. Do does product management want to test their products on current customers? You know, through kind of this beta, you know, you set up different communities and things like that. You know, uh, I think just understanding the, the technology landscape of any organization is first a challenge, right? Like, Imperva had four. Salesforce.com, so CRMs, four case management systems. And then, you know, when you thought about integrating into the business systems with community, it wasn't possible at the time. And and so, you know, there's a lot of things to go figure out, my friend. I mean, it, it's very similar to any other organization. I don't really see one challenge. It, it's all a challenge. You know, it's not a, I mean, there's not, <laughs> it's, it, I think it's the same challenges and it's all some, sometimes hard. <laughs> well, you know? maybe... Maybe I guess I kind of I'll flip it around. Like I know I know you'll approach it the same way, right? So there's always yeah. these stages of, you know, a triage, which is you know, stop the bleeding, you know, oh, prevent the wound and prevent the accident, right? Kind of those steps. And and like with any job, of course, we kind of come in and we're going to assess and discuss and chat and talk, right? Um, I guess maybe because it's somewhat similar um, market, but slightly tangential, but it's it's a little bit different. So yeah, that's, I think what's familiar, and again, this is where I was kind of looking at it. It is in high tech, software-based. Um, it uh, you, you have perhaps in your now we'll call them past life at, uh, at uh, Imperva, very security sensitive 
That's true. Minded individuals at the market level. And then here you have more of it's, it's data and if I understand correctly, it's, oh, I forget the acronym. It's a uh, MDM, Master Data Management. Yeah, EDM, E something DM, right? I forget what the. No, uh, this is MDM. MDM? Okay, okay. Well, yeah. I thought it was Enterprise. Well, anyway. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can't say it's a new market space because it's always been around for a while. But I think like uh, like Forrester and Gartner started calling it data management or EDM or MDM probably in the past, yeah, eight years, eight, nine years, maybe that's probably what it is. And and it's a very broad market space. Uh, so I would just maybe, maybe in my head, just without even looking at it, it would be around, uh, you know, you have a very niche market in security. Yeah. Here you might have more of a broader market uh, on the- You mean like side. customers and things like that? or Yeah, different types of customers, different needs. You know, it was- it, and, I'm, and again, I'm now pontificating, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed, again, I'm looking at security as being like very, very specific, right? Very niche. These are very, you know, they were very concerned about very specific things. We talk about it, right? The types of security protocols, you know, the, the way, you know, enterprise level. I'm just thinking that maybe part of the interesting challenge is going to be how do you broaden a portfolio across yeah, the broad yeah. audience? It's interesting. So there's a lot of things to say in that. So I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. One, the, uh, it's different because the way that Imperva approaches customers is it's not by e-commerce market, or financial market, or whatever. They don't write, you know, specific blogs. They don't they don't do specific kind of markets. Does that make sense? They they're just kind of now, uh, and 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 your audience really is secure is is the chief uh, security officer on down into his or her organization. So that's your market. As in uh, the MDM market, it's funny because when I worked at Forrester Research, um, the, I worked uh, with the leaders called enterprise architects that were VPs or whatever, yeah. an enterprise architecture full circle, eh? program. Yeah, or practice. So it is, <laughs> those are the guys, mostly guys, sometimes women, um, yeah. but uh that were so they're very technical, but they understand the landscape of um, the the entire technology uh, stack within the, an organization. And that includes like you know it could it could include like a VP of e-commerce and things like that. This person really is talking to a lot of different people within the organization to understand what technologies they have to bring in. That. With that said, um, I'm not saying that there's not others that look at it, that don't. Look at MDM. I'm sure there is, but I, I know for a fact that a big audience will be those enterprise architects, right? That look at those no, solutions, I agree. Yeah, want 100%. to bring in data directly uh, from these disparate systems to, you know, maybe I don't know if it's dashboards or whatever. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about Relio's products and how to use them yet. Sorry. But I'm, yep. that's fine. I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive in. But they do kind of at the moment. I think this is going to change. But they do look at specific uh, segments of uh, companies like e-commerce and things mm. like that, right? Mm. So, um, but from my understanding, there could be some changes in how they might do that. Um, you know, I mean, this new CEO that they have, he's new. Uh, the CEO didn't step down. He's now the CTO. So a lot of times- Roger, Roger. Yeah, okay, yeah. When these companies do that and they want to go into hyper growth, they'll hire somebody like Chris Hyland. To now run they that will. types of yeah, business, exactly correct. <laughs> and the person that that was the co-founder or the founder of the company doesn't step down, but 
is now like a CTO and it's kind of like the head of and the face of still the company in ways and does a lot of speaking engagements and press type stuff. Um, and, you know, but Chris will kind of make the big decisions. I think is how that works. I think they're both mm-hmm. on the board and things like that. But um, so anyways, there's going to be a lot of cool changes. The The company is in hyper growth. Uh, the nice thing is, is I'm going to be on ground zero, not zero, but, you know, at this kind of level of 300 people on to, you know, I think they want to hire like close to a thousand people in three years. Uh-huh. So anyways, um, so there's, so the way I see it is a little different, but uh, from a community standpoint, you know, my thought is, is that, you know, most likely we will kind of solve the problem of uh, support, you know, uh, and, and then have those type of communities or community uh, that focuses on those issues, not specific to any, um, you know, e-commerce or any kind of segment of uh, types of companies. But over time, you know, I, and this is exactly what I wanted to do at, at, wanted to do at Aperva, was kind of look at kind of this peer-to-peer networking to where maybe there are segments of these small groups that you can break out over time to really start this peer-to-peer networking, you know, because- Yeah, there was, you were, we were kind of entering that in our discussions around yeah. user groups, right? That's right. Uh, and, you know, who, you know, who knows how uh, you'll evolve. Uh, and that's what's fun, you know, I, I, you know, kind of in thinking about, your adventure and in every in every adventure I have done myself, right? The fun part is uh, <laughs> is digging in, is to understand, and I love piecing together a large corporate environment to understand how community can accelerate a company's growth because it can, it can drive, uh, it it can drive loyalty to a fascinating level. And getting those numbers set up and doing how that works and showing it and getting people to proof point it. And, you know, once they see that feedback from customers immediately, you mean like, oh my God, I can't believe I affected someone's life today. And it's great. It's a good yeah. way. It becomes very addicting, right? So it's kind of fun. That's the fun part. Yeah, it, it, it's it's exciting. You know, it, it, it's also, you know, slightly sad to kind of leave um, the company I was at. I mean, I remember the oh, same feeling. Point. Probably yeah. not as much, but uh, but I had that same feeling whenever I left Rexel. I thought, damn, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, and and <laughs> or how am I going to do this alone? And uh, all the relationships that you build. Now, relationships come and go at the end of the day, right? Uh, yeah. Some of those stick, like our relationship really is stick. Yeah. But yeah. we've worked at that, you know, uh, to yeah. really make it happen. And so you really have to put a lot of effort into keeping these things. Um, you know, and so the the what I love about the last two jobs I've had is is the people. You know, and, and at the end of the day, like when you look at Rexel, I get to meet people like you and Devashish and uh, Srini and uh, Ujwal and lots of people. You know, um, yeah. and look super smart at what they do, and, and that was cool because they were specific experts. But then even to broader to broaden that, I get to learn the culture uh, a lot of in France and Germany and uh, Sweden and uh, others, mm-hmm. you know, and because we get to go out there and build relationships there. They get to come out to Dallas and mm-hmm. uh, and you get to spend time with them, eat dinner and, you know, uh, drink beers and, and those kinds of things. That was a lot of fun. And, and it really broadened my horizons in a lot of ways and made me better as a person to really get to build relationships with those. And then I even get to go to Imperva and I get to go, 
flights travel all over the world, and it was going to happen again this year. Besides COVID, kind of stopped that. But Until, yeah, COVID. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. The relationships, <laughs> the beers, the, you know, uh, all those things. It was so awesome. So now I, know, I understand uh, the culture more in Israel, you know, and uh, Australia and some other places, Belfast, you know. Uh, so, you know, I really I get to go there, but but I also get to know those kind of those people. And it was in the day, man, people really want to help. You know, you just have to build relationships with, with them, with them. So, yeah, they're not going to do it for somebody who they just to see on an email. They don't know you. Once you make a personal connection, it, it's a lot harder for one to say no. Uh, yeah. Unless, of course, you're just being a dick. Then I'm like, I'll say no five, ten times in your face without a problem. <laughs> yeah, or they just ignore you know, me. I don't know who this is, or you know what I mean. It's just you got to get out there. You know. You know, you said something we could probably close on that I, I, I found very, and I agree with you. Uh, and it's almost like a proxy to life. Cause I think about it myself, even in my personal life, right. Which is you mentioned when you left Rexel, you felt bad, but you also felt a little, uh, I would say the word a little fearful about, can I do this myself? Can I do this element? Right. Yep. But now that you were in that uncomfortable space, made it successful. Now you probably have a level of confidence that you can do it and not only do it, but maybe take what you've learned and make it better, right? Kind of like a food, hindsight 2020 discussions, right? And I've had the same experience with every interaction. And maybe as a kind of closing thought is just like you, you, you have to make yourself uncomfortable. I had a mentor of mine uh, when I was at Texas Instruments years ago saying that once you've reached a point in your career, in your job, where you're comfortable, it's time to move. And I agree. I think that was – that's fair. It means if you're so comfortable doing what you're doing, then you're not learning. You're not pushing. Uh, and you do that very well. So I know you'll, you'll do just great. No, I agree, man. That's great. I, I can't say anything better than that. So Yeah. Well, with that, sir, I say congratulations. And we'll talk more, of course, about this uh, wonderful question. But for that, uh, thank you for another episode of uh, Peers Over Beers. My name is Michael Sandvall. And I'm Chris Detzel. All right. Talk to you later, Chris. Bye. All right.